Hi guys, welcome back to The Resilience Pod, the podcast helping you become resilient in our world full of disruptions. You are here with me, your host, Rena Singh. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am truly grateful. Now, today's podcast, the first of 2021, is all about DNI. What is that? Diversity and inclusion. Yes, stay with me on this because I know there's hundreds of things going on around the world that is linked to this, but here's really important. We're going to be talking about how this links to the resilience industry with my next guest, who funnily enough is a DNI diversity and inclusion expert and award winner yes I only bring you the best guys she has experience driving diversity and inclusions in politics the construction and legal sectors wow and just to add to this can I just say that she also has a BA honours in politics and international relations and also an MA in human rights law from the school of oriental and African studies in London. Wow! She is also in her free time, volunteers for the Girls Network and is a keen yogi and triathlete. Guys, I'm not talking about Wonder Woman here. (laughs) So please welcome my very next guest on the Resilience Pod, Lucille Kumar. Hi Lucille. Hi Rina, really delighted to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Good, how are you doing? Yeah, really great. It's a very exciting time for um, anyone working in diversity and inclusion. So I think um, talking about it today is so relevant and should be super interesting. It is. I'm so excited to have you on. Now, before we get into the kind of the nitty gritties of what it is, I'm just I just want to pick up on that fun fact about you being a yogi and triathlete. Like literally, you are probably my Wonder Woman here. Tell us a bit more about how you got into that. <laughs> I really believe that it's all about, but life is all about balance and, you know, being able to brand yourself and, but also staying active and managing both the mind and connecting the mind and the body is super important to me. So that, that's really great that I started um, CrossFit this year over, uh, just between the lockdown, the two lockdowns. So yeah, it's been, it's been a challenge, but, but a very good one. Fabulous. So not only do we have an award-winning DNI specialist, but also a very athletic lady with us. What an inspiration. Thank you so much for being on here. And we're going to get right into it now because I know you all want to know. And, you know, I want to know this as well because we hear the word diversity inclusion all the time, especially with everything going on in the world. But what does it actually mean? What is it? And that's what's been so interesting about 2020 is that we haven't, no one's been able to escape diversity and inclusion, but we're still not quite sure what it means. And people tend to think that diversity is only what's visible. Um, Diversity is all the characteristics that make you who you are. So not only your gender, your ethnicity, um, but also if you have a visible or invisible disability, your sexual orientation and going back to gender, not just the binary men and women gender, you know, the whole breadth of, of different gender identity. Mental health is super important. And a lot of people tell me, you know, I'm not a woman, I'm not, um, I'm white, am I diverse? Well, yes, you are, because it's also about your accent, about your education, are you a parent? So it's all the intersections and the layers that add up to make you who you are. And inclusion is, um, you know, the very active um, 
conscious act of, of making sure that people belong, that you listen to, to people, that you get that diversity of experiences and there are many benefits for both people and organizations. And, and I think why, again, it's been so relevant today is, is how um, obviously Black Lives Matters have really put at the forefront um, issues of racial inequalities, how um, COVID has impacted women um, and BAME communities. So it's, it's now more relevant than ever for us to have this conversation. Wow, yeah, absolutely. And thanks for, so, uh, for articulating it so clearly and making it uh, understandable because actually I didn't even realise that if you have like a different accent or are a woman but maybe you're white or a different ethnicity that like, that can also be about diversity and, and, and inclusiveness so that's really cool. Now one thing I want to touch on um, also and ask you about is we see a lot now on social media and everywhere online um, these pronouns being used about she, her, him his like all those kind of things and I just find it really interesting uh, that there's this that being like the sudden surge in using this like what does it mean and why are people using it yeah and that's that's again really interesting and it, it's really about respecting the others really realizing that um not making assumptions about any one gender and you might present um as a certain gender but it doesn't mean that you identify you might identify as non-binary so neither Man, man or woman, or um, you might be transgender. So it's really um, a sign of respect of the identity of the other and, and a good way of, um, of introducing yourself. You could say, hi, my name's Lucille, my pronouns are she and her, what are your pronouns? And it's a good habit to pick up. It really shows that you're, um, you're really understanding the other, you're making the effort. You know, the same thing when you're asking, you know, I'm not sure how you pronounce your name because when you're mispronouncing the name, then again you're um, you're not acknowledging the person for who they are. So, so I think it's we're really moving into that direction, which is um, which is really great. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, definitely consider consider using that, um, and it's a great insight for anybody who has seen it around, especially on LinkedIn. Uh, you see it all the time; people are having this, so it's really important. And just going off a bit, little bit off topic here, uh, the name pronunciations. Um, I guess uh, people with different ethnicities get this a lot. I mean, I get it. I, I get it all the time. Like people don't say my name properly. It's it literally sounds like Tina. It's Rina but I get all sorts <laughs> Rina like Rihanna like it all sorts and it, you think it's just simple but actually uh, there's a new feature online in most of the social media platforms that helps you uh, pronounce your name in the proper way now what like do you get people say your name um, incorrectly and how do you feel about using um, using those features on social media where you can actually pronounce your name in the way that you would like it to be said <laughs> yes, absolutely. You really make a, a very good point that they are now. It's so easy to get those pronunciations right or to to ask, um, because it, when you mispronounce a, a name, you know it can lead to to feeling of alienation and an exclusion, which which is the opposite of what we're trying to create through, you know, through belonging and, and inclusion. It also has an impact if you're in a meeting with someone and you don't know how to pronounce the name, so you just avoid it, which you know, means that you're missing out on this person's contribution because you're just uncomfortable, you know, calling calling their name. So I think 
Again, it's okay not to know, um, and people actually would prefer um, you asking them how do you pronounce pronounce their name as opposed to mispronouncing it. And it's it's okay to make a mistake as long as you know you rectify it and you don't make it a, a habit. You know, in the same way that you know you might be what we say about going back to the pronouns, misgendering people is when you call them by the the wrong um, if they're a non-binary individual or transgender and you're still um, using their, their past name or their past identity. And again, that is what we, what we call a microaggression, uh, which can be again very detrimental in terms of mental health and, and ultimately how you know, this individual feel included and feel that they can really contribute to, to the team, to, uh, to society. Gosh, who knew something as simple as that might cause so many other, I don't want to say insecurities, but just so a whole host of other kind of issues. I mean, I, feel, I still feel issues in the wrong word, but just a whole host of other emotions and feelings in someone that can make a huge impact. And that's why it's really important to have these discussions. And it links me to um, my next question to you is, well, you know, we're, we're talking from a resilience perspective and, you know, these people, uh, my audience, it works primarily in the resilience sector. So is there a link between diversity inclusion and the resilience sector? Yeah, and that, that's a great question, Rina. Um, and I think there is indeed a link both from an organizational perspective and an individual perspective. Mm-hmm. So there has been uh, countless studies showing um, the, the positive business impacts on, on, of diversity and inclusion on organizations. So not only is it the right thing to do, but it makes business sense in terms of by bringing the diversity of perspective, you're, you know, bring, you're avoiding groupthink. Uh, you, your teams are better at problem solving, at creativity, at innovation, you know, better at representing your customers or your clients. Um, but there are also financial benefits that have been demonstrated for years and years. So like, there, there is no reason why, you know, by creating more resilient organization, ultimately it's about how they're able to innovate and stay mm. and relevant for the future. And that, that's how I see resilience organization and that direct link uh, with having um, you know, a diverse, um, diverse workforce, yeah. and first to resilience within individuals. That's there's this um, interesting concept of psychological safety, so, which is where you are able at work to to voice your opinion. Do you feel safe? Um, you know, proposing ideas, uh, making mistakes. You know, are you if you're not making mistakes and, and not being um, unfairly punished? You know, are you able to take risks? without being afraid or shamed or saying that you don't have the answers, for example. You know, and if, if your needs are acknowledged, whether at work or outside of work, um, then you're, you, you are more resilient. Um, there's a big diversity and inclusion is also about um, reducing or eliminating the stigma around mental health as well. And, and again, there's a big link between how resilient individuals are and um, the, whether they have good or poor mental health. So absolutely, it's super relevant for um, anyone working in the resilience industry or in, in that role. Well, that's a really great insight and, a, and an eye-opener to those of us who think, well, actually, it's not our job, like, we don't care about it, it's, it's like a department's job. Well, actually, it probably isn't, which brings me to my next question, who actually, I want to hear it from the expert's um, opinion, who is actually responsible for d and diversity inclusion in general? Yeah, so that's very simple. It, it's everyone. 
Yeah. Uh, it's everyone because we all have a responsibility to behave in a way that's respectful uh, of others. Um, but also because when you're trying to change a culture, ultimately a culture, a workplace culture, is the sum of the behaviors that are rewarded. Which I think is a very interesting concept and um, in everyone, you know, I talked about microaggressions earlier and mm -hmm. There's the, the flip side is the macroaffirmations. So macroaffirmations are the small steps that you can do to really reinforce and make people feel comfortable. So um, if someone said a, made a point during a meeting um, and, and someone else is stealing their ideas, then you can step up and say, oh, I think so-and-so made that point earlier. Um, you know, making sure that if there is your looking at um, the impact on a piece of work on a certain group, make sure that you've got those voices in, in the room. So I really believe that um, although, yes, ultimately there is a responsibility from the top to be accountable for progress, all of us really have um, a responsibility into educating ourselves and looking for the answers. I mean, sometimes the conversations can be quite uncomfortable, but that's why right it yeah. happens outside of your comfort zone um and, and i think um you know now we've got so many great resources we've got so many people who've been sharing stories about um about their lives which um, make it really a really great way for, for us to start educating ourselves yeah that's that's so on point there and uh, just another eye-opener or a reinforcement really for us to not just push it back to our teams in our organizations but understand that we have a responsibility as an individual to be aware of it now you don't need to go to extreme lengths um you know and stuff like that and you don't need to to do it just because you're off of a diverse or inclusive background either and and like one of my pet peeves is that and i think it's all done in a good way but people say to me oh like oh yeah you're an asian woman like you should be a dni expert or like what do you think and i'm like well i don't know um you know just because i'm of an ethnic background a different color doesn't mean that i automatically am an expert in it or i should have an opinion so um that's just me raging at the moment but i i feel that it's important for people to realize that that actually you shouldn't really say those things and assume those things and and ask open-ended questions which then I, I i want to ask you my next question is then how do we consciously tackle that and be aware of that mm, and and again the consciously is that very important part in, yeah. in that question because you might be familiar with your listeners might be familiar with unconscious bias mm -hmm. uh, so unconscious bias are simply uh, shortcuts that our brain um, has created over the years just because we receive millions of stimuli over the course of you know a single second so to help us process and make decisions um, our brain has created those shortcuts which means that um, you know, it can, it's meant to keep you safe. It's meant, you know, the brain is your main tool for survival. Um, but where it becomes difficult is that your unconscious biases might impact the decisions that you're making, the thoughts or the um, assumptions that you make about people, about their capacities or about the work that, that they can do or want to do. Um, so consciously, we need to start being aware of all of our biases and we all have them, that's natural. Um, the good news is we can do something about it. We can identify towards or against which group we're biased. 
Um, and and interestingly, biases are more, or unconscious biases are more likely to happen when we're stressed, when we're tired, when we've got too much information, not enough information. And right now in the current context, you're adding all of those um, all of those situations that, that creates even more biases, which is why being super conscious about who's in the room, who's missing, um, and how decisions are being are affecting people. So right now, are you scheduling meeting too early for people with care and responsibility or at lunchtime? So are you consciously or unconsciously excluding people you know, going to the technical terms, that's indirect discrimination where, yeah. you know, you're not doing purposely, but ultimately it has a negative impact on, on a certain population based on their, their needs or, or their characteristics. Wow, that's that's a really interesting point. And I want to pick up further on the point you just made at the end is actually like the, the inclusive part, because uh, we hear a lot on di- the diversity part. But yeah, like just simple things like including people early or late or in lunchtime, that's really on point, especially as we are remotely doing this and remotely working. It's really, really important to bear that in mind. But actually, I think from an individual, we have a responsibility to make our boundaries known as well uh, because how do people know so I definitely agree with you see it's a collective effort right yeah yeah absolutely and you know what you were saying about people making assumptions that because of your ethnicity you know you can speak on behalf of um, but then you know it's missing out on the intersectionality you know what makes you who you are is just more than being a woman or being um, Asian and I think also the, the term BAME, for example, that we've heard quite a lot, um, is, is not helpful in the same way that LGBT is not helpful because you're missing out on the specific experience of, of certain groups, you know. And, and that's part of, you know, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable of talking about difficult topics that we're not used to talk about that we might not know much about yeah quite right and I, I you know what I've said when you say that word like babe and you hear all these like there's so many like initiatives like books saying you know all this like uh, women specifically you know we're not talking we're talking about everything in general but just women specifically and like people getting offended by that I just find reading all that stuff really interesting um and I really like your point about saying, well, actually, it excludes a whole bunch of people. Um, but what if you want to target it at a specific person, like, a, like you're just doing something specifically for women? And I guess that's okay as long as you make it known. Um, yes, but also as long as you understand that the experiences of women will be widely different, you know, that yeah, okay. the initiative also takes into consideration the, the needs of women with disabilities. Um, the needs right. of mothers, um, the needs of BAME women, again, using BAME as, a, as an umbrella term. Yeah. So you want to make sure that any of your initiatives aren't fixing the minorities, um, because if your environment you know, is that um, image of you can put the fish in the water, but if the water is dirty or toxic, the fish is going to die and you might put more fish in that water but ultimately you need to fix the environment you need to tackle you know the behaviors that might not be inclusive or, or problematic wow i love that how powerful is that i'm gonna leave it at that because i have nothing amazing to add to that that is something we all need to think about so if you're listening or watching us take note now 
my final question to you i mean i could ask you for like all day about these questions but what can we do to be part of this whole diversity inclusion um initiative uh, i mean not initiative but just it's, it's, it's there it's not even initiative it's, it's in us like how can we get involved and, and make that change yeah and um and again there are very simple steps that anyone can take um firstly is about educating yourself and believing voices so everyone shares an experience with you listen and believe them but equally don't expect um anyone whose background you're not familiar with to um to have the responsibility to educate you there are fantastic resources online that are available for free so do the work first and then ask the questions but make sure you do ask the question and the, the second part is, you know, once you've educated yourself, just be ready to go outside of your comfort zone and you might make a mistake, but, you know, ultimately you need to be mindful about the impact. You know, your intent doesn't supersede the impact. Mm-hmm. You'll be quite mindful about, oh, you, I didn't mean it that way. Well, the impact is still that you might have uh, made a person feel excluded or, or unsafe. Uh, and then finally, do, do take action. You know, that's where the, the people with the position of power, and it might be power in terms of access to resources, uh, in terms of leadership capabilities, mm. uh, in terms of education as well. But for anyone with with that privilege to um, to act and, and take responsibility, you know, moving into being um, actively anti-racist, being uh, an ally to the LGBT community, um, really looking at what you can do to tackle social mobility, for example. Yeah. And that sounds like a lot, but actually when you break it down in small steps, it's actually really easy and straightforward. Mm, they are fabulous. Thank you for that. I I just love those. They're, I think they're very easy to follow. And, and like you said, simple. And I'm sure there's loads of other things that we can do. But like you said, there's resources out there. So if um, so, thank you for that. If any of the listeners or people who are watching us have any questions or want to reach out, where can they find you? And are they able to contact you um, regards to this? Yeah, absolutely. As you can tell, I'm incredibly passionate um, about, about the topic. And I think it is a conversation that will need to continue. It's really something, advancing diversity and inclusion is not something that we should take for granted. Yeah. It's it really um, an everyday an everyday action. So mm-hmm. please do reach me on LinkedIn um, at Lucille Kamal. That would be the easiest way to, to start that conversation and engage and, and really take actions and you know change create change together yeah perfect thank you so much Lucille for sharing your insights and your experiences uh, it's been fabulous having you on the resilience pod great thank you so much for the great conversation Rina no problem thank you very much now guys thank you so much to each and every one of you who has tuned in today you will agree that hearing about diversity inclusion from someone who is not only an award winner but has experience doing this and does this for um, every day as part of their job is so valuable and as resilience professionals we have a responsibility to do it because actually at one point you'll be hiring someone in your team 
teams indirectly or directly so that's just very the, the first very simple thing so please bear that in mind we do have a collective responsibility for diversity inclusion and educating ourselves on it so hopefully this has helped thank you once again lucille now guys if you have enjoyed this then please like and share and subscribe to the resiliencepod.com website and podcast join our linkedin family and i will see you next time take care and keep on investing in your resilience Thank you.